why does everyone save money into a 401k for retirement? Do I have to put money into a 401k in order to become financially independent? So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey everyone, this is CJ Burnett and Tom Seco. We're financial advisors, owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors, and the hosts of the Smarter Vet Podcast. Our mission is to provide education to veterinarians so they can get clarity, take control, feel confident, and experience contentment. Those all sound so amazing, CJ. Do they? I, I, I thought, I mean, you know, those are our four C's, clarity, control, right. confident, and contentment. So I well, actually, actually, someone had brought up not too long ago, adding a fifth C called celebrate, which oh. sounded pretty cool. But these four C's are pretty amazing. And if, and if many of you on here aren't experiencing these right now, hopefully today's nugget of information will be able to give you some more of that. So the main conversation of what we're going to talk about today is that your 401k account is not a plan. And you might sit here and be asking yourself like, well, what do you mean? It all really starts back to like, well, if we're looking to plan for the future, why does the 401k exist? The first question you need to ask yourself is, do you want to retire or do you want to become financially independent? And what's the difference? So in my head, retirement is like this, like one day in the future, when I'm older, there's going to be this specific moment that I no longer have to work and I can retire and do whatever I, it is that I want. Right. But I mean, I kind of like my job, so I don't know, like, you know, okay, I don't have to work, but I, but I can work obviously if I'm, if I want to, if I'm really, if I'm a lot older and then like financial independence, like in my head, I see that more of the time in my life where may, maybe I'm actually younger than the time that I'm collecting social security and I can be financially independent. I can be flexible with my money. I can be flexible with my life because my bills are paid whether I work or not because my, my balance sheet, what I've, what I've accumulated, what I've saved up can produce an income for me. Right. Well, financially independent, I feel like that word gets intertwined with retirement and we tend to all work our entire career to at one point just say, hey, I'm done. I'm hanging up my, my white coat. I'm saying, hey, I'm finished with what I'm doing. But like, at what age do you have to be to be able to, one, if you're looking at retiring, or let's say if we just completely change that word to becoming financially independent. What age do you have to be? I guess it kind of depends on how much you save, how much you, know, you invest. I mean, it depends on so many things. It takes a while to become financially independent, especially if you started from, from nothing. Well, if you won the lotto, I mean, you could all of a sudden become financially independent in no time. <laughs> well, I mean, if I won the lotto, I, I, I feel like, you know, everyone in my family can effectively retire. Right. <laughs> you get a million, you get a million, and you get a million. So how did people retire before? And if you aren't aware of this, well, it all started off with pension plans. Well, what is, what is a pension plan? Because there's sometimes people give us this look of like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what a pension is. And a pension, typically, if you work for a company or for a government, they would pay you a certain amount of money every single month when you decided to stop working. There's so many years you had to put in and then they would say, hey, you're going to get so much in checks. Like if you work for the military right now, it's very common. Like it's, it exists out there. Well, depending on what statistic that you look at, I've seen some studies done out there where they say that less than 2% of people who retire have a, have a pension plan. Hmm. Yeah, that's not a lot. That's not a lot at all. The, the, well, the most common pension plan today, and I'm sure all of you that are listening, it's called Social Security. 
we all pay to it in some way. It comes out of our paychecks. There's a certain age that you're going to reach. Usually 62 is the earliest you can take it. And then it gets more, it becomes more as you get a little bit older, getting more into full retirement, what they call the term if you want to look it up. And that is many people's from a default is their kind of pension. So if you are a, a millennial or in a younger generation, there might not be to the same degree that what people are getting to experience today in the future. So how do many people save for the future? Mm, well, I mean, especially because a pension, if a pension provided you guaranteed income for life, then you really didn't have to worry about investments. Mm, yeah, no, not at you all. Really didn't. You didn't have to worry about a lot of different things that even came up in your own life because you you, if you had guaranteed income, then it was like it would it would never it was it was always going to work out. Right. Yeah. Why Why would I need savings if I've got money coming in every month? That's a pretty Preach. good situation to be in. Heck yeah. Like if I want to save for retirement, do I need to save into a particular bucket? And many times people believe that a 401k is their retirement plan. And they, let's like actually take a moment to sit here and talk about like, what do we really mean when we say many people think the 401k is a retirement plan? And it's the difference between what we call an account and a retirement plan. A retirement account is literally just a, a spot that you can contribute money into. It gets invested. And over the course of time, it's meant to then eventually you start pulling back out all of your savings plus whatever growth that you got on it. But then when we look at a retirement plan, like what is a retirement plan? Well, a retirement plan is when I do get to the part where I want to stop working. Now I have all of this money built up that I've saved over the course of time. And now it's going to create income for me. Am I going to be able to create my own pension? Am I going to be able to have some flexibility in there to be able to control uh, for health expenses or different things that do pop up? Some people, since they confuse those two, their only plan is basically a 401k account. I mean, right. their only plan is that like that's that's all the money that they've accumulated during their working years. And now they don't have any money outside of their 401k plan. Like that is the only account that they're that they're going to rely on whenever they retire. I, I sure hope that they're saving quite a lot into it, too, because it's you know, depending on what we're looking at, it could really lead to success or failure. For those of you who are not aware of the 401k, like where did it actually start? And this is when there is this transition. So we were talking about pensions earlier. Well, there was a transition from where a company basically was responsible to help provide income for you during retirement. And then they made that shift in the Revenue Act of 1978 that was passed by Congress that shifted it from the company or your employer being responsible to now you being the employee, having that responsibility the act not necessarily did that rather by passing the revenue act of 1978 what it created is it allowed for employers to not necessarily give you a pension and now they can just give you a 401k and then everyone started moving their employees to a 401k plan instead of a pension plan because it was a whole lot the, the risk of the investment performance was no longer put on the back of the company it was put on the back of the individual so a 401k when the 1978 uh, Revenue Act of 1978 passed, the 401k is referring to that specific IRS tax code. So you're telling me the 401k is a tax code? The 401k is a tax code. That's why the K is in parentheses. Interesting. So if you Google 401k, I mean, just type in IRS 401k and it will, it will pop up. If you are using the, the 401k as your only retirement plan, or let's say your retirement account, however you want to refer to it, like typically I would probably get in the mindset of more looking at it as a retirement account. Let's say you're one of those that want to become financially independent. 
before this retirement age that most people are looking at. There's a little bit of a drag when it comes to putting money into these accounts that there are penalties that are associated with it if you take it out too soon. So if any of you have had this experience or run into them, uh, run into someone before the age of 59 and a half, the IRS will penalize you for taking funds out of it, which, you know, it doesn't seem very fun to me if I'm like trying to get to the point in my life where I want to, you know, I'm now 50 years old or I'm 45 years old or 55 years old and I want to start producing income. Like what are my alternatives? And this bucket, like a lot of times people will put funds in this account, not to say it's good or it's bad. However, they will look at taxes, like look at the 401k as being a way to save money in taxes today. But then in the future, is there any tax savings to it? How do we really know? Like right now in, in the economy and the way things are going, we are at a relative to everything else in a very low tax system. And we don't really know where things are going to be at in the future. So if we're putting away money today, saving it to get tax savings, and then looking to take it out in the future, there is the possibility I could pay more or have to take out less because now I'm in a position where I don't want to have to pay more in taxes. Now, I think to be clear, like we are pro 401k. Mm -hmm. like we, we, we do like 401ks. We set up 401ks for companies. Yeah, we do all the time. We are pro 401k. So don't misunderstand anything that we're saying. We're not saying it's, it's, bad, it's a bad thing to put money into. What we're saying is there's a lot of details around the 401k people don't know. And having a 401k only plan may work out for you. And it may not. I think it's good to just be in a position where you're, you're looking at things. And we believe in challenging everything, especially when it comes to conventional financial wisdom. So can you set up your own 401k? In fact, some of the people that are listening to the, this podcast, you might have an entity that you run your income through because you're a relief vet, or you might have a company. You might even have a spouse that's in a different industry than being a, a veterinarian and they, be, being in the veterinary medicine space, but they might be in real estate. Can they set up their own 401k? Well, sometimes they actually can. Like you can set up 401ks, even if you're just a person who owns a company yourself, they sometimes will call them solo k's the guy yeah. they even have a nickname a solopreneur a solopreneur that's <laughs> i haven't heard that one that's that's good i like that yeah so what's the driving factor to save into the 401k like what do tom like when we sit down with clients what's the biggest reason why they put money in a 401k well it's easy like why would i not do a 401k like i get paid every single time like it it just happens you know the the first thing that like, we always see is that and I, I get a paycheck. And when I first start working somewhere, I say how much percentage I want to take out or the certain amount that I want to take out of my income. And before it even hits my bank account, pulled out of my paycheck and gets dumped right into the account. Like, so cool like it never, yeah, since it never made it to my checking account, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have the ability to spend it. Oh yeah. No, I can completely just be like, it's gone from my world. I don't even know. It just gets pulled out and I just like, Hey, this is how much I got in my bank account now. <laughs> you know, you know, that kind of reminds me of a uh, portion control. Yeah, like, a little bit. Like during Thanksgiving, right? I go through the line and I pile up the food on my plate. And if I if I didn't pile it up, like if if I just put one layer instead of the twenty one layers, then I would probably eat just the one layer and be satisfied. Mm -hmm. Consumption's different, but the level of satisfaction is also probably about the same. Kind of a funny thing to do. And so you know, the four hundred one k allows me to do that. Well, it, it works so good for many people as well, because there is even mechanisms in there where it automatically will start increasing the amount that you contribute every year. So just by default, like instead of me going from like, I always like to say zero to hero, going from nothing to everything, you're progressively saving money. And there, 
there probably are ways to be able to do that outside of a 401k if you set it up right. But you know, another thing that people will really put money in a 401k is that if they work for someone and they don't have their own business, their employer contributes on behalf of them as well. So every time I put in a buck, they put in a buck. Like that's Which pretty nice. cool. Free money, that's right? Nice. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's free kind of, right? Yeah. If it's, if it's free, it's me, right? If it's free, it's for me. Yeah. <laughs> You know, most people do not have a plan to save. And what we really find that the biggest struggle is like why the 401k is the first spot to go is that I want to save for retirement. I want to put away money for the future. And that tends to be the default because, well, it's called a retirement plan. It's called a retirement account. But, you know, their 401k is most people will start doing it is that this will become their plan. We see it so often that this is the main spot that they put funds and that everything is going to be good. I'm putting money away every single, every single paycheck, every single year. But then where it really gets to the part is like, now I'm ready to start pulling money out of it. And it's like, not only have I just been contributing money to this bucket in a way where it's become a habit, but now I've gotten to the part where I've just, I don't have a, a strategy on how I'm going to spend it. Like, how does all of that work? And if you're contributing the maximum to your 401k, will that even be enough? Depending on the amount of income you want to have and what level you're trying to get to, how long are you going to have to save for? So like if you, if you started contributing, you know, a certain amount to your 401k and you're contributing the maximum amount and you've waited till a certain time in, in life at a certain age, you know, how long are you going to have to actually continue to save into this bucket because you are capped? But then at the same time, like what's the rate of return that you're going to earn on this funds? And like, can you be certain that that's going to actually work out? So if you're trying to get to a certain bucket of money, you know, is it even going to work to the phase where you need it to? Well, and I think it's, it's funny how a lot of people, they check off the box. Like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm putting money in my 401k. Therefore, my retirement is taken care of. Correct. I'm good. Tom, I, I put $500 a year in a 401k. I'm good. Mm. I put 5% of my income. I'm good. I got my employer right. match. It's, yeah, check, check the box, move on. I've done, been there, done that, right? And it's kind of this assumption that everything's going to work out the way that it needs to work out. But to your point, what's going to be the rate of return? If you look historically and try to predict the future based on what historically has happened, that can end up not really working out to your benefit. I mean, how many people knew that the Dow Jones was going to drop 35% in, you know, I, I forget what kind of time frame during the coronavirus, right? Like who, like who thought that their 401k was going to turn into a 201k right before they retired in 2008? It'd probably be like a 250K or something like that. Maybe. <laughs> it, it dropped a lot, it, yeah. it, you know? <laughs> it, it, so it's, it's funny because you don't want to just check the box and say, okay, I'm saving in, in my 401K, now I'm good. And then be asking yourselves these like, well, how long do I save for? Like, I mean, if you get disabled, the government will not allow you to put money in a 401K. Right. You don't have earned income. You cannot put money in a 401K. You know, to your point, like how long are you going to save for? How many years are you going to save? How, what, what's going to be your rate of return? It's almost impossible to predict. Not almost impossible. It is impossible to predict those types of things. Right. You got the 401k out there. What you should be considering is not necessarily just the 401k, but having a savings plan, like having a more robust savings plan where maybe it doesn't just include a 401k, but it includes a bunch of different places. Yeah, having a balance of different savings, your 401k, maybe you have some tax advantage buckets, you have some taxable buckets, you have risky, non-risky, kind of moderate risky stuff. Like what is your savings plan? But it all first starts off too, if you don't have a good savings habit, and, you know, we've talked in previous conversations around what is the appropriate level of savings. And the first part is getting your savings right. 
and then being able to diversify your savings over the course of time. And I wouldn't look at your savings account as your savings plan, because there are a lot of times when we first start the conversation with people, they will say, hey, yeah, I save money in my savings account. And it's great that you do that. Like if you're one of those people listening right now and you put money in there, like I put money in my savings account. The challenge is though that that money tends to get absorbed into our lifestyle. You know, as you put money in that account, a lot of times people will be saving that money to then use it for something else, maybe a trip, buying a car, looking to purchase a house. And also at the same time, when we dump money into our savings account, there's these little things called savings gnomes. And no, they're not the things that sit on your front lawn. Those are the things that come like whenever I, whenever I get in a pinch. Yeah. They, they go to my savings account and they magically move cash from my savings account to my checking account that then I, yep. I, I spend. Yep. That- you'll, you'll all of a sudden see money. You'll see your savings account go down and your checking account go up and you're like, oh, wow, how did that happen? You know, we are all in that position where it's like at times where it's like, you know, I only keep a certain amount in my checking account. So then at the same time, it's like I might need to shift money back from my savings account to make up for expenses, but making sure that those funds that I am shifting over are purposely for my lifestyle. In our last episode, we actually made the distinction between savings for, you know, emergencies and for comfort and just for purchases that are coming up versus the savings for your future self, right? Savings that are specifically set aside to generate income for you in the future. So if you you didn't listen to that episode, go to the last, it was literally the last episode that we just released that we actually made the distinction between the two. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. And maybe this, this part of it, this part of this episode will actually make a little bit more sense. So in light of this topic today, we have an article that we want to give you. It's called five things you must know about your 401k. All you got to do is go to floridaveterinaryadvisors.com forward slash 401k hyphen article in order to download it. The link is also available in the description of this podcast. This is CJ Burnett. And this is Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only. Only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. 2022-140766 expires July 2024.